welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. Are you looking for a mentor and having a hard time finding one? Well, today we're speaking with Dora Maria Abreu, who shares with us her mentorship journey in male-dominated industries where she many times found herself being the only one. Dora is a regional program manager for engineering excellence at Amazon. She has worked in the technology, education, telecommunications, aerospace, and financial sectors. She is also an executive director of the John Maxwell team, where she contributes her expertise as a leadership expert, motivational speaker, and mentor. In this episode, Dora talks about how to build your community of mentors and bond with role models outside the comforts of your confined environment by simply thinking outside of the box and letting go of the notion that you need mentors that look like you. And Dora also shares how she integrates work and life to create opportunities that allow her to shine and be her best. Visit www.iambeyondbarriers.com where you will find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode including the best way to get in touch with Dora. Welcome, Dora. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time, and I know our listeners are going to love hearing all of the words of wisdom you have to share with them. And so without further ado, let's dive right in and let's talk a little bit about your story. And let's pretend we're at a dinner party and you're explaining to some perfect strangers what your role is and what you do. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a great way to start the year, uh, sharing knowledge and lessons learned along the way. Um, for me, my, my journey has actually not been a straight path. It's been a bit eclectic. Uh, mm-hmm. I've started in the tech space, and I was actually a developer when I began my career, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we crossed paths, it was I was in the financial space, and there I was actually enjoying the role because it was still in the tech space, but it was in technology, but in the support space. Mm -hmm. And so that gave me a a good background to actually do the role that I'm doing now. So I just recently switched roles a few months ago and I'm back in the tech space um, as Mm -hmm. a program manager. And it's a coming of home of sorts because I I started in tech. I loved it. and, And now I'm back in tech where you know, it's okay to nerd out on, you know, different <laughs> topics and everyone is nerding out with you. So mm-hmm. it becomes a, a very supportive environment in that space. So it worked out well for me in, in that regard because I'm pulling from experiences I've, I've had in the past to do this current role. So it's uh, worked out in that space. That's amazing. And what I love about your your background, as you said, it's eclectic and it's been different. You've gone from the finance space to the, the tech industry and um, you do quite a bit of work as well with uh, various organizations like um, Anita Org and Grace Hopper and uh, Society for Men Engineers. 
Tell me a little bit about with all of this change comes sometimes hesitancy, right? Or sometimes some self-doubt. How did, how did you switch lanes and how did you kind of keep being successful and hitting the ground running? What helped you accelerate um, as you kind of switched in these different roles? Um, most companies that I actually went to work for, I immediately started getting involved in different affinity groups in mm-hmm. recruiting, um, anything that would give me um, just a different perspective mm. so that I wouldn't be the, da- the same mundane work every single day. Um, and when you're new, it, you're like a sponge. You're walking around and you're looking and you're learning and you're asking a million questions. And, and that sets the stage then for you to you know, go back and, and review some of your notes and, and some of the things you've learned. And hey, if you don't know something, you've met someone along the way that you can go ask. So right. those are the types of things that you kind of do when you start a new job and, you know, your new role, new job, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's in this, even in the same company, you're going to meet different people, um, different, you know, SMEs that know this, know that. And, and in technology, things change. Like we're talking right now, there's a new phone coming out. It's just, just constantly changing, <laughs> constantly. Right. So you have to embrace change. You really do. And you have to understand that change is going to happen no matter what goes, mm-hmm. you know, um, in your day. Um, so if it's a bad day, guess what? At the end of the day, tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is a brand new slate to get it right. And you know, embracing change and and embracing failure. Now, don't be afraid to fail. Like, it's, you know, for me, it's like, I want to make all the mistakes as possible in the beginning, <laughs> because then I can actually get them out of the way. And then that builds your confidence to say, oh, I think I got this. <laughs> right. Been there, done that. And that hopefully uh, sets you on the right path, right? Right. And so tell me, did you struggle with any kind of fears or limiting beliefs that um, may have, you know, caused you to pause before making the switch or the jump? And if so, how did you, how did you overcome them? Um, at first it was hard. Um, being a female in a, in a male dominated industry really puts you to think twice, like maybe I don't belong here. And I, you know, you have to prove yourself uh, that you're, that you have a place there and that you deserve that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that spot is because you earned it, not because you're uh diversity check mark um, or right. a female check mark so at the end of the day you're always earning the respect of your colleagues and you're showing people that you actually are a smart individual and that you can you know put things together and you can have a big vision and you know a lot of that does cause uh, a pause in your just in your thinking because like you're you shortchange yourself. You're like your own worst critic. Sometimes you're like, oh yeah, well, you know, no, no female has done that role before, or, you mm-hmm. know, they haven't gotten, they really haven't promoted any females. And in, in the financial industry, it was like, that. I didn't think I deserved a promotion because I just felt like you had to move a mountain and, you know, mm-hmm. create like the cure to cancer. And I just made it um, seem so like unreachable for me that, I counted myself out before I even had a chance. But a lot of it is also not surrounding yourself with the right management, with the right people and the right support system when you're actually, you know, getting yourself ready for a change or, you know, taking on challenges. It's part of it is also having the right support system. No, that's amazing. And I also know that you get very engaged. You do quite a bit of volunteer work. And in some of that, it entails mentoring 
other, you know, other women, other Latinas, other um, individuals. And given that you have, you know, some unique insights into some of the patterns that you've maybe witnessed or even experienced yourself, what do you feel prevents women from showing up with confidence and owning their success, especially in some of the, I would say, industries and areas that you work where it's predominantly male and sometimes, um, you know, women don't own their their confidence? Well, part of it, I, I think it goes back to, you know, you are introverts. I mean, you're normally an introvert. I'm normally, my safe zone is an introvert zone. So you don't, you wouldn't necessarily jump up and down and, and do something an extrovert would do. <laughs> so you would take the low road. And, you know, for most introverts, they're doing things, they think it's part of the job. Like, yeah, I'm doing a great job. That's part of my job. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't give yourself a pat in the back. You, you think, okay, I'm done with this you know this like project let me just move on to the next you know opportunity mm-hmm. and you're not thinking like let's celebrate and a lot of women feel like they're in like an environment where you just have to move on to the next project there's no celebratory um moment for you mm. and you get caught up in that a lot of it is also lack of mentorship mm-hmm. people think that oh i'm a female i have to have a female mentor a lot of the people that mentored me were males. Um, mm-hmm. One, because there were no females, but two, mm-hmm. you have to trust the males around you and not everyone is going to be out for self. Like there's always going to be that manager that only cares about their promotion and how they look in front of their management. Um, but there are people out there that will, you know, give you right advice and, and tell you like, oh, take a moment, celebrate the wins. You know, mm-hmm. life is short and, and different things will come up along the way where they'll tell you, look, this is a great learning opportunity. Take advantage of this project. It's a stretch assignment for you. Maybe you can um, consider it and you can take on a stretch project and things like that um, through those types of connections. But a lot of women say, you know, I need a female mentor Mm -hmm. to tell me how to do these things and it doesn't necessarily work that way and I'm a big proponent like I mentor a few people and I always tell them don't have just one mentor have Mm -hmm. various mentors you're gonna get different perspective different you know viewpoints different ways to look at things that may I'm I'm never gonna claim to know every possible angle so I want you to have as many angles and perspectives as possible so that you're making a more educated decision than you would have if you only had one viewpoint. And those types of things are priceless when you can get that amount of feedback. Yes, that's that's an amazing answer. And I do think that one of the points that you made in terms of not necessarily needing a mentor that looks like you, that sometimes you learn the most from mentors that, um, you know, don't look like you and don't think like you because it expands your frame of reference and you learn um, new things. So I love the fact that uh, you've always um, embraced the idea of diversity, but not only (laughs) diversity as a whole, but also in terms of thinking about mentoring and how you expand your frame of reference. That said, tell me a little bit about just needing to learn new things and stay ahead of things, especially in this uh, day and age with digital disruption and technology constantly changing. What do you believe, you know, women professionals and or any professional, to be quite honest, what is the key thing they need to do to stay ahead of this change? Like, how do you yourself stay ahead um, of the curve and, you know, in order to excel in your career? Well, one is um, they really need to take a moment to 
just reflect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mediation is a good way uh, of uh, taking that on. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, they can't find a, a quiet space. Let's say all the noise that's created through what they allow in their life, because mm-hmm. uh, it prevents them from taking that time to meditate or to write in a journal or, you know, certain things that force you to just quiet the mind and focus on something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've given um, a lot of coloring books <laughs> lately <laughs> because that's one thing that I like to do. Um, but again, it's you have to have a routine for yourself. I have a routine in the morning. Um, I try to limit my screen time, actually, where there are times that you know, especially holiday times and sometimes during the weekends, I will totally not be on my phone. Like I will be present in whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I force myself to just go outside and just experience just the outside air Mm -hmm. and not just be locked up inside. Um, I'm part of a book club so that I can, one, it's a Latino book club so that I'm supporting Latino authors. But Mm -hmm. the second pace of that is that I have my mind, the creativity that I'm feeding. Mm-hmm. And it's not something where it's digital. It's, I mean, even though sometimes on a plane, I do read digital books, but I, it's nothing like, like having a book in your hand where you can turn the pages and, and just your creativity and your imagination just run wild. And mm-hmm. that takes you on an escape uh, just of your everyday. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of articles. I do podcasts, um, mm-hmm. things like that, um, TED Talks. All of those things help in just hearing different perspectives, different ways to approach uh, different mm-hmm. you know, opinions and different ways to decipher information. And, you know, for me, it's more of a, an escape um, of every day doing something fun. I love movies. So it's, you know, I'm always mm-hmm. uh, trying to catch up on comedies and action and things like that. So those, all of those things and spending time with family uh, also takes you you know, off of that everyday rat race, getting on a computer, answering a million emails. Um, it, you need to find that escape, whatever that escape is for you. Some people, you know, go swimming, go bike riding, go, you know, do a bunch of things, mm-hmm. skydiving. I don't know. I don't, I haven't done the skydiving thing. <laughs> it's on the list. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might put that one on the back burner. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Um, so I, I love where you're going with that in terms of, finding different ways, different mediums to listen to and to learn new things, but at the same time, take a break a little bit and giving yourself uh, room to breathe and recuperate and quiet the mind. And you talk a little bit about um, spending time with family, doing fun things. Um, How do you manage competing priorities between personal and professional goals? Um, You have to set up non-negotiables, right? So Mm -hmm. like, you know, Weddings, things you can't postpone, you know, because there's things you just cannot postpone. Right. <laughs> um, you, those are non-negotiables and you have to work around that. And then you have to give yourself a, let's say, for example, like, all right, I have this that I want to do for work, but I really want to, like, especially when I volunteer and things like that. Mm-hmm. I have been known to bring like my nieces, my nephews, half my cousins, like on some of these <laughs> conferences, just uh-huh. so that I'm not cheating them out of time, but I'm also taking advantage of, of the conference itself. And they're learning something, you know, so right. it becomes some of that. Um, some of the, the Shep uh, events too that were socials, I would invite my family to and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, 
a lot of the community service um, events are very fun. And I've even taken my grandmother when she was alive. So <laughs> it was just, you know, I don't, I didn't want to cheat my family out of spending time with them, but it was also, let me expose them to different things out in the world as well that maybe they didn't have a chance to do when they were younger or, or you know, because they're too young and they, they haven't been exposed to some of this. So that was an opportunity to do that. So some of it is mixed. Um, some obviously work. I can't just bring, you know, bring your family to work day. Um, that doesn't happen. But right. at the end of the day, you know, making sure like, hey, I'll take a half a day today so that I can get these errands done and, you know, help out at home where, you know, normally you wouldn't have done that. And just mm -hmm. taking a half a day here or a vacation day there helps to make your work-life balance um, happen. Um, sometimes if it's a long weekend and some things are going on at home, I'll take the morning off on Monday or I'll just take Monday off. And then, you know, the rest of the week sorts itself out. But it comes down to what is important that week. That week, mm -hmm. it might be things at home. The following week, it might be things in the office. Um, you may need to take a call from home. Um, mm -hmm. you know, on another week, um, because one is too early or too late because we, we're working in a global environment right now. Right. So doing those types of things help to, you know, balance out that, that work-life balance. I love that. I think it's amazing how you, in some cases, stack these things where you, like you said, for volunteer opportunities, you take family members so that you're almost, um, you know, killing two birds with one stone and broadening their horizons of um, learning new things as well and exposing them to um, just different uh, perspectives. I think the beauty in that is they also probably have a better understanding of what you do uh, because they get to experience you in that light. So I love that idea. Tell me a little bit about, you know, you and I have known each other, been colleagues, former colleagues uh, for a long time. And one thing that I admire about you is that your sense of community and the level of engagement that you have with lots of different organizations like uh, Anita Borg, even when I was working at Goldman and Diversity, you were very engaged in the employee resource group. So tell me a little bit about how you go about building your network and your community and, and how have you leveraged your network um, in the past? Um, part of it is um, I, I wholeheartedly believe that your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm. And for me, if I'm not giving back, then I feel like we're on this planet for such a short time that it's wasted and it's in vain if you're not doing something to give back. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the things I've uh, been involved in is because, you know, being a female in technology, I didn't see a lot of other people that looked like me at all. Mm -hmm. And part of the, my own limiting beliefs was that no one wanted to help me because they were not of my background. Mm -hmm. So when I got over that, I was like, oh, everyone is here to help everyone. And then I assumed the uh, clearly the extreme opposite. <laughs> but from there, I said, you know what, I am going to become friends and build relationships. Um, if it kills me, because again, I'm an introvert, um, I'm a wallflower, I'm a pretty good wallflower. So <laughs> how do I force myself not to be that wallflower? Mm -hmm. um, so when I get involved and I meet people, I'm not meeting them for me. I'm meeting them because at the end of the day, I'm hoping that it will help someone. Mm -hmm. So I can connect um, an intern with, oh, you can go talk to this person. They've done this kind of job. I'm not going to be able to do that if I don't know that other person and maybe that the job that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So the part of that has been um, 
just motivating others and connecting. So I, I consider myself a catalyst and a connector more than anything. Um, I want to be able to connect people. I want to be able to say, hey, and connect the dots in the bigger picture. Um, so at work, you know, you're meeting different people. They're working on different projects. Well, at the end of the day, when you're working on a project and some, you see the bigger picture of like, wow, this group is doing something similar. Let's get some synergies together and make this an even better project. Um, so those types of things come to pass um, mm -hmm. when you're able to do that, because you wouldn't have necessarily, I mean, a lot of teams today, because we're so global and everything is so, you know, so now isolated that everyone's in their own silo. So it's almost like if you're not connecting and talking and sharing ideas and, and sharing backgrounds and projects that you're working on, you wouldn't even know. So you don't know to connect those dots. So that's where those things come in very handy. Um, you're able to not just connect the dots, but you can line up a stretch assignment even for yourself. At that, mm -hmm. you know, if it comes to that, uh, you're able to create, you know, a synergy that wasn't there before. And instead of you having a small, tiny project, now you have a bigger one in scope and in size. So those types of things always are helpful when you meet people and get to know them. Um, and then the other piece of that is also networking mm -hmm. for mentorship. Mm -hmm. Now you can you can also get a mentor um, or a mentee out of these relationships. So for me, having uh, a variety of people that you mentor um, yourself as a mentee keeps you in sync with what's happening today, what's important with new technology, keeps you in touch. With, I mean, I haven't been in school in a quick minute. Um, <laughs> I tell people that, you know, at the end of the day, how do we keep on top of new technology? By mentoring younger people, you end up learning what the new things are mm. and then you stay up to date. And then in you having a mentor, you end up getting opportunities to get challenged in your thought process. and how you interpret the information that you're receiving and how mm -hmm. how do you look at that same information in a different lens um, so those types of things are, are what you get from interacting um, from doing the different things that you do uh, with a mentor with a mentee and those affinity groups those organizations allow for that i've been able to hear people speak that i i don't think i'd ever have the opportunity to hear mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I got to actually hear um, of Maria from Sesame Street because mm -hmm. of the book club I'm part of. <laughs> so I went to the ALA conference, which at the time my manager was cracking up. He's like, where are you going again? I'm like, oh, it's a librarian association conference. <laughs> I was like, where? But I got to hear Maria's story. And being a Latina on Sesame Street, mm -hmm. I mean, I learned English with her growing mm -hmm. up because I was like, I, I literally was like a little rugrat when, when <laughs> Sesame Street, um, you know, was in full swing. So, you know, growing up with Sesame Street and, and seeing a Latina on TV, that impacted my life. For me, I, mm -hmm. I didn't know it did at the time. But now looking back, I never saw it as weird that a Latina was on TV. Because right. I'm like, what are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> I know a whole bunch of people. I know a bird that's on TV. Like, you know? <laughs> So I never saw it as something that was not possible. Mm -hmm. And um, just hearing her story and her journey and her fight for her journey, it was, it was just very eye-opening because you would think that someone that is in that type of, you know, position mm -hmm. um, now has, you know, the platform to, to really share her story and be real and be really real about it and so that was you know again i would not have had that opportunity had i not been part of the book club and and then part of you know being able to know about this conference and to mm -hmm. go and and 
things like that. And, and then you get to hear a whole bunch of other things that have happened in history and you get to hear motivational speakers and, and you get to meet people. And when you see that, you're like, wow, you're, you're hearing perspectives. You're hearing not some tweet story from, you know, some media mm -hmm. outlet or some article that kind of like makes it sound like something it isn't. You're right. hearing it straight from the person's mouth and you're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. That's beautiful. And I love how um, community, not even one particular community, right? You have, yeah. um, you have really challenged yourself and you overcome that. Like you almost can't call yourself an introvert anymore because of the way that you've challenged yourself and put yourself out there to meet new people and to glean all of the opportunity and create opportunity because of your community and your network. I think that is beautiful and actually an extremely important um, habit that you've created for yourself. And, and then it has created access to lots of influential, you know, individuals. What advice would you give? Because I agree with you, there are a lot of young women telling me that they don't like the networking piece because they feel like it seems a little self-serving. How do you get over that idea or how do you help these other women get over the idea that networking isn't necessarily having to be um, self-serving, but more of, of giving the way that you kind of position it? Um, part of it is, uh, I know the fear. So part of it is having a wing person. Mm. So you always go to an event hoping to the Lord above that there is someone there you know uh -huh. <laughs> that can play that role because sometimes you invite some friends and they don't show up mm -hmm. or they come late <laughs> and you're standing there you're like ah uh, but part of it is that I, I i frame a lot of what i do by how can i make this happen so that i can help others how can i make this happen so i can share resources that can mm -hmm. help someone sometimes uh, just a little bit of information could have helped a person and mm -hmm. if you have it and that's something I've always been um, a big proponent of just knowing almost anything possible. If I don't know something, I will do my research on it. Um, so I may not know a lot about MS, but I know where to go for information. Mm -hmm. I may not know a lot about diabetes, but I know where to go for information. So when I have people in my family that are dealing with, and especially like now I have a lot of elders in my family mm -hmm. dealing with Alzheimer's and, and cancer and things like that. I don't, I'm not an expert in any of that, but I have volunteered so much that I know where to go for, for support, for answers, mm -hmm. maybe not the answers we want because clearly we want cures, but, right. you know, but just at least getting some answers as far as what you should be doing, what are next steps, things like that. And that is what frames my mind when I'm in networking environments. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to end up running into someone. It might even be your own children, your nieces, your nephews, your neighbor's child that, you know, just needs one little thing to spark that, that mm -hmm. reactivity to the next level. You don't know that that child that, or that person that you inspire can then turn around and inspire others. And who knows, that could be the person that, you know, gets the cure to cancer, gets the cure to some, you know, obstacle that someone has in their life and, mm -hmm. and is able to overcome that. And especially with so many accessibility uh, issues that we deal with today, you know, we have so many kids that, you know, deal with so many issues, whether, you know, they're dyslexic or, you know, they have learning disabilities and things like that. So mm -hmm. you don't know if one of those kids 
just the right support and they're going to just thrive. And mm. who are you to turn around and say, that won't be, I won't be the one to connect that or to make that spark happen. It doesn't have to be for yourself. I, I, I go to these events and I don't do it for myself because I'm like, I have a job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I already have something that pays the bills. I'm good. Uh -huh. I need right now to make sure that other people are good and that some people, they just need one thing in their life to go right for them to stay positive and then to take that positivity home and not be this negative Nelly or Debbie Downer mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So, you know, some people go into um, networking events and relationships with their own agendas, but mm -hmm. I, all I can recommend for people is to go into it with a good intention and to assume positive intention on of others as well but then also to go in there with a positive mindset um, and think positive outcomes because that's what's going to happen if you go in there thinking that. That's fantastic words of advice. I can totally resonate with what you shared and I think it'll be very valuable for our listeners. Share with us one powerful and influential person that you admire and um, that you would love to learn from. Um, well, one person that I have learned from a lot has been uh, John C. Maxwell. He is a mm. leadership guru and being part of the John Maxwell team has allowed me to not just go to Guatemala to do leadership workshops for the community, mm -hmm. but also to Paraguay. I mean, it's something mm -hmm. that has pushed me to build on my confidence to do more outreach and to do it where you know, people would not necessarily go in communities, right? Mm -hmm. So when you see someone like that, that is so selfless and gives up of his time and, you know, you see him and you're like, does, does this guy have an off button? <laughs> it's like, he is like, go, 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 go. And always giving to others, always, you know, giving advice. And, you know, he's always assuming positive intent. He never is thinking negatively or assuming the worst of a person. You know, he's always thinking the best of that person. And when you see the perspective and you see a situation, he's always coming at it from a positive direction. And you're like, wow, I wasn't even thinking that. And mm -hmm. it makes you start thinking in that way as well. And, you know, those types of things. Um, I feel like I still have a lot to learn from him, but that's someone that I admire a lot because you have to have, you know, the heart of Job. And I don't know if you are familiar with Job's story in the Bible. This is mm -hmm. a person who had it all and then lost it all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he could have easily have given up on life and then didn't. And then he was rewarded with, you know, more like practically double of what he had in the past. But mm -hmm. a lot of times you have to come in with a humble heart and, you know, have that heart of Job and say, hey, I'm okay with, you know, losing what I have as long as I'm doing the right thing. And those are the types of things. And, and those are the types of people I want to surround myself with, right? Like mm -hmm. you listen to different people um, speaking like Renee Brown and Lewis, like cows people like that that have a positive message and mm -hmm. they're out there um just reaching people on on different levels right like mm -hmm. having compassion for others and 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 giving back because i think in giving back you are not just giving of something that this person is in need of you're giving part of yourself you're giving part of what your legacy is in life right like if you're a person who's gifted um with doing numbers and you're helping mm -hmm. people do their taxes 
you're not just giving that person taxes. You're also giving a legacy. Like they know like, wow, you're sharing your gift. Mm-hmm. And all of us have a gift. And um, some people decide not to share it or use it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we're, we're on this planet for such a short time that I feel it's a waste um, when we don't step up to do the things that we have been gifted to do. That's beautiful. And, and speaking of using the gifts that you have been gifted, what would you say your superpower is and how did you, how did you identify it? Um, I'm, I think mine would be um, a connector and, and just someone who gets executes. Like I see something has to get done and in my mind already, I, I put together a, a little project plan <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, and then this, 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 and shazam, it's done. Uh-huh. Um, so part of um, identifying that was just in my, especially when I do things outside of work, because you know, it's little resources, you have to be very innovative <laughs> to get some of these uh, conferences done with like low budget and uh, mm-hmm. not a lot of speakers. Um, and somehow it, you pull it off. And when you look at that, you're like, wow, like I just give me a task, especially when I do the science bowls, like mm-hmm. for middle school and the high school, it's like getting the facility. Like I already have most of the logistics locked mm-hmm. down by the time right. the December, you know, December comes around, I'm like, everything's ready. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's just, we're just getting the marketing out and getting volunteers, but it's uh, just executing. It's uh, part of just who I am in, in nature, but I grew up in a, a household that my father was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his own business and then he was, had his own order repair shop and you, we were mm-hmm. at work by seven. <laughs> that man <laughs> did not look at time out, sick days. It was no sick days. <laughs> like I called him and I said, we, we were actually slave labor. <laughs> but literally, you, were, you never had a sick day because you just couldn't be sick. And most of the time you were learning what it was to start a business from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And that to me is priceless. Like you don't learn that in a school. You right. Know? Um, these are things you learn with your, I, I always tell people, I am from a Latino family. I have a, a large family. I learned instantly about time management. <laughs> I learned about bartering real quick and mm-hmm. you learn to network and, and to compromise because you have one bathroom, 10 people, you, you learn to compromise real fast. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the way it works, you know? So thank you for sharing that. Um, switching gears before we, we do wrap up, uh, just given your, your insights, what you think is the key to accelerating their success in this day and age? Part of it is knowing your, 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 your current role, your current job, understanding it. Um, it's always going to mutate and tweak. So keeping up with that is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always um, tech talks and, you know, there's always things at work that happen that will always add value to your role and, and enrich your learning of it. Um, and having that time to reflect even at work, like, what are you doing? What are your, what is your actions on XYZ project? And mm-hmm. you go back and you say, okay, could I have made that better? How can I make that better? How can, what are the pain points here? If you're in a consumer job, like what are the consumers? Who's the, the end re- recipient of your project? Mm-hmm. What are the pain points? Um, what are the logistical challenges? Like you're looking at all of these things that could be opportunities for you to come up with solutions mm-hmm. and that reflection process is going to allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to ha- 
help you to come up with even better ideas or saying, oh, wow, I did this, but I think it would be better organized if we did it this other way. Mm-hmm. And reflecting gives you that opportunity to do that. And, you know, you can take the time to look over various projects, even when you're looking at consumer is a lot easier because obviously they have a voice these days. They Twitter you like <laughs> real quick. But other times you don't have a direct person giving you that feedback. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to look back and say, okay, let me think worst case scenario. What happens here? Uh, what else could happen? And thinking outside the box, on top of the box, on the side of the box, like all around the box, the neighbor's box, like you have mm-hmm. to really take different perspectives. And I think that's where diversity comes in. That's where having a, a, a multitude of different friends and even at work, having that network at work of different perspectives, that's going to help you to develop that different perspective as well. That's critical and important advice. And thank you for sharing. Um, Dora, thank you so much for all of the time you've given uh, us here at Beyond Barriers. And I know our listeners are probably going to be um, itching to reach out to you. So I don't know if the introvert in you is kind of <laughs> kind of shaking a little bit, but what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Um, well, they can reach me on uh, Twitter or Instagram. It's my initials, uh, D as in Dora, M as in Maria, and then my last name, A as in Apple, B as in Boy, R as in Robert, E as in Elephant, and then U as in Umbrella. Uh, that's uh, my uh, my login there, my handle. Um, they mm-hmm. can definitely reach out to me there. Um, they can instant message me. Um, they can also email me, uh, doramaria at gmail.com. Again, well, thank you for uh, sharing all of your insights. And we really do appreciate the time. And we look forward to staying connected and keep us posted on all of your happenings. Oh, will too. Thank you again for having me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com, where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode. And be sure to take the quiz on the website. Your score will tell you where you are, what helps you gain momentum, and what holds you back. You'll also get a free guide with cutting-edge career strategies. We'd also love to hear from you. Share your comments and topic suggestions on IamBeyondBarriers.com and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and rate the podcast or just tell a friend about it. See you next episode.